Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Besides, all right. Besides us all being tired. Tired. Yeah, tired and loopy. Loopy? Who's loopy? I don't remember no loopy. All right, never mind. Um, kind of a slow week for Star Wars this week, news-wise. Strange. So yeah, since the digital release is out and the Blu-rays aren't out yet, it's like half the, it seems like half of everybody's seen the um, home release of The Last Jedi. The other half is still waiting for their Blu-rays. So this is going to almost kind of force us into, oh, what? <laughs> More discussion? <laughs> so... Which is fine. Uh, something we're trying to work on. Anyway, it's getting more discussion out there. So, to kick us off, how about this? Fan theories, we know how we feel about, you know, fan theories are fan theories. Uh, but this new one that's popped up is about Kylo and Rey. Uh, let's see, how should I do this? I think I'm going to go from bottom of the list to the top. So I'm going to work my way back. If okay. I, if I can figure out where the bottom of this thing is. Uh, okay. Coming in at number 12, Snoke faked his death to turn Kylo and Rey into the next Anakin and Padme. <laughs> hmm. Okay, uh, how do you fake and cut in half? It's the Marvel Q life model decoy. Yeah. It was a clone. He wasn't there. It was always a clone. <laughs> So, um, personally, yeah, don't buy this one. I think this one's a reach. Yeah, I think this one is poodoo. <laughs> yeah. Survey says. Uh, coming in at number 11, Ray's going to kill Kylo in episode 9. Um, Possible. Yeah. This, that, that, the story which comes from, that, this list is coming from Ranker, for one, so we kind of know explanations are kind of eh but the initial topic or sub headline for each theory is it's not too bad gives us something to talk about so sorry i interrupted ken no no no, that's fine it's like depending on um how the story goes obviously uh the way they've done it so far doesn't look like kylo's on a redemption arc but vader did not look to be on a redemption arc either right uh, and really, in the original trilogy, Vader's the what we saw him do on screen, the people he killed and stuff like that. It wasn't he didn't seem like a totally unredeemable person. If you look at it from that point of view, it's totally mm-hmm. different. If you've watched the prequels and things like that, where you see that he killed the entire temple full of younglings and things like that. That's a totally different deal. But they were daisies. But, 
<laughs> but the um in the original trilogy i mean yeah he killed some imperial officers he um he stood there while tarkin killed or destroyed alderaan and he knew everything that was going on but really what made him overly evil evil you know compared to a villain that could be eventually redeemed back you know what i'm saying right in this one kylo has he killed his father in, a, in cold blood and actually he tricked his father into getting closer and feeling um like he was making a good headway and then hit the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like it was a trick thing or he made a decision from a long ways off and shot him or something like that. No, he was right up close and personal and said, guess what? This is what I want to do. So do you think there is no redemption for Kylo Ren? I don't know. See, that really kind of go against Star Wars. Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, the whole ending between Anakin and Obi Wan, there was no redemption there either. There, there. Well, sorta. There was more persuasion. It's like, no, don't turn. Whereas Return of the Jedi, you know, we go into it where it, they're Vader's trying to turn Luke, and, and we kind of see more of that with Revenge of the Sith as well. I would think, you know, because Anakin's trying to persuade Obi Wan to join him and Padme to join him and things would be better because they could get rid of the Emperor and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, but to go with this headline, uh, bustle, uh, dot com has a lot of speculation about the future of the, of the franchise and Olivia Truft Wong has a particular deadly prediction about Kylo and Ray. If Kylo is truly evil once and for all, then it's clear the only way for episode nine to end Kylo Ren must die. In The Last Jedi, Snoke says that Rey has risen with the Force to counteract Kylo's power. As Kylo has grown more powerful with the dark side, the Force has balanced his power through Rey. Uh, pulling her to the light, if Snoke is right, then Rey is the only person strong enough to, to match Kylo and potentially beat him in a battle. It would be sad to see Rey have to kill Kylo to defeat the First Order, especially after she has such a strong faith and can be turned, but it might be the only way. I don't know about part of this here that stood out to me where it said the force is pulling her to the light. It seems like uh, she's been given the option multiple times through the first two movies we've seen of going to the dark or something. She keeps choosing the light. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's uh, the only path in front of her or something like that. It's a moral decision. It's more of a moral. This is a moral decision for her going to the light, not. Because she's been, because she is kind of doing like Luke slash Obi Wan did with Vader. She's trying to convert. Yeah, that it's it's, it's not a redemption. It's more of a conversion. She's trying to get Kylo to convert back to the light side. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is she's doing um, kind of like the way Luke was looking at Vader with her with Kylo, but she's not making the mistakes Luke was making. Right. Luke from the beginning came from a point of fear. And it, right, we discussed yeah. this on our last Jedi commentary that even at towards the end, he was still dominated by fear. Right. Everything he did was he was afraid of what was happening. And he was afraid because he was going to fail. And um, Yoda brought told him straight up that... Um, um, your fear of failure is the problem. Right. Right. Failing is where how you learn. <laughs> she doesn't have that. Some of some of the people that have complained about the Last Jedi, one of the things they've complained about is the way Luke was portrayed. But really, Luke has never been like the the super strongest of characters. Like he's always had his fears and his faults and his yeah preconceived notions right. All, so to me, I never thought could be sent to <laughs> bring it, bring it on. <laughs> but no, like 
like I never saw Luke as as like this as the you know like the the strong superhero esque type you know come in save the day. To me, he's just trying to save his father. Yeah, mostly. See, we we don't get that until maybe Return of the Jedi. But even, even there, yeah, even there, he's fighting the um as he's fighting against the dark side. You, you never know is he going to actually take that step because he takes right. one step towards the dark side mm. and finally realizes if he hadn't cut his father's hand off, would he would we have a new Vader? Right, right. But but if you go beginning of the film. Yeah, you know, he he's trying to take that role of, of the leadership, and but I don't know if it's Jedi leadership or rebellion leadership. I don't know. Well, that's one or of the that, if it's um, go ahead. If it even is really actual leadership, or if he's just trying to play the role right. yeah. for that for that instance. Well, that's what makes um that's one of the major differences between Luke and Ray. But um, what makes Luke's story so awesome is the fact that he does make all these mistakes. He has faults, and he overcomes all these faults and finally um, brings his father back to the light and defeats the emperor. All right. Even though he has all these problems and faults and things like that. Where Ray, she's you. You're met. You meet Ray as basically one of us. She's just a general girl stuck where she's stuck. Doesn't know what's going on. But uh, but you can see being Star Wars fans, we can see that the Force is in fact affecting her. She can influence the Force. And the Force can influence her. Right. And then um, so far, it seems like she's pretty much. If you actually look at episodes seven and eight, she stumbled to where she is now. Yeah. She's really not chosen. Right, yeah. She didn't choose to leave the planet. She didn't right. choose to join the rebellion. She didn't choose to. Uh, um, well, she chose to go see Luke, but that was like the first decision she made on her own. Right. Right. Yeah. When she first met uh, Finn on uh, what you call it? Um, oh, I'm drawing blank at the market there, though. She first met him. All of a sudden, the stormtroopers started attacking. It's because she had uh, BB-8. If she didn't have BB-8, she'd still be back on um, oh, Jakku. Right. Yeah. So when the stormtroopers start attacking, they're running and it's all reaction from there. Run, run. We got to get away. Well, we can get away in this. And they jump in the Millennium Falcon and take off. And then um, as she's getting ready to, she's like, okay, we got to go back to the planet. But that decision is taken away from her when Han and Chewie find the Falcon. Right. So yep. she's like, okay, we're going with you for this. Um, now let's go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Luke was made the whole time was making conscious decisions to get to change his position to um to help the galaxy out to get out from underneath them the empire. Whereas Ray is just following along when it and just the way it's running. Yeah. So it make, it's an interesting story because it's two totally different stories, even though it's a parallel type of story. Right, but it's it's kind of taking little little direction different directions mm-hmm. that's why i think um if it comes down to it i don't know if she could um where <laughs> luke could have killed vader i think he had the um he had it in him to do this or to physically kill the emperor we know luke did not kill the emperor but he had right. it in him to be able to do it i don't know if ray does right so but maybe that's what we're gonna see because i do think i mean it'll probably get into it in this i think luke well we know luke is um mark hamill's on the cast for nine Right. So Luke will be in this somehow. I don't know if Luke's going to teach her how to deal with this stuff or what it's going to be. Not sure. I'll tell yeah. you what. Let's let's move on. In number 10, Supreme Leader Snoke was manipulating both Kylo and Rey from the very beginning. Uh, to me, this seems like a stretch. Um this is from this theory comes from a Reddit poster named Dibbity, and they and he's trying to theorize the common denominator between the two could be long term manipulation. 
uh, consider Anakin was force conceived by Plagueis slash Sidious. Uh, okay. What if Ray is the attempt of Snoke to do the same thing, except he's not powerful enough to force conceive a child? He instead is powerful enough to imbue the force into an already conceived child. Stretch. Yeah. Mm. If that's the case, then why Ray? Yeah. Why not someone within the Empire, one of the stormtroopers? Right, yeah. But we could then play into the theory. Who's to say he didn't try and do that with Finn? Since Finn has so freely been able to handle a lightsaber with no issue. Well, we've been through that. That I think a lot of that is um, soldier training. He's trained in hand to hand and um, hand weapons. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And a lightsaber, it does. It doesn't say anywhere that a Jedi is the only people that can use it. Right. They're the only ones that actually could de- like deflect laser or blaster bolts and things like that. <laughs> right. But, but anybody the can pick then, up and hack with a lightsaber. But did they're the only ones that can make one, but yeah. But didn't didn't Finn deflect bolts in Force Awakens? I don't if remember. He, I, I don't, don't remember so. either. But if he did, it probably wasn't on purpose. <laughs> um Ray was Snoke's contingency plan for an apprentice until he was, if he was unable to turn Ben Solo to the dark side. Okay. Then is that, so could that explain why she's on Jakku? Well, she was on Jakku for a reason. Hopefully we find out in the next film why. Um, this explains why Snoke seems to be familiar with Ray. Hmm. I guess that would be dependent on who Ray actually is. Yeah. Yeah. This explains why Rey is seemingly the counterpart force-wise to Kylo Ren. Well, no. It's called a script. Gotta have a hero, gotta have a villain. She's the hero, he's the villain. Point blank. Uh, This explains why Rey's parents probably found it easy to sell her off. Once Snoke turned Ben, Snoke did not need Rey anymore and screwed Rey's parents over. They sold Rey to Unkar Plut as a way to recoup their losses. Uh, I don't Mm. think so, because... One we got to take into consideration, is that story true? Which, doubt. Mm. Um, and two, you know, we still truly don't know who her parents are. Because I don't yeah. think it was truly revealed to her either during that sequence. Right. So, um, most importantly, this does not contradict that Ray that was established that Ray was born a nobody because Anakin was born a nobody as well. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't give much credibility to this one. Yeah, I think that's why this really. is in the 10th spot. Another theory I've heard that kind of goes hand in hand with this that I don't put anything in either is the possibility since um, we know um, Anakin was born of the, a virgin birth, really. Right. Um, now, Sidious or um, either Sidious or Plagueis have taken, depending on um, where, if the Plagueis story still is in, in work in, um, if they decide to use what's in there, the Plagueis book, um, it says that they created Anakin through the force, kind of. But that doesn't mean they actually, they weren't, we've discussed this before. There's a lot of things that the Emperor foreseen, had foreseen that could possibly be him just saying, you know what, this happened. Well, I saw that coming. Right. It's mm. prophecy after the fact. And that's, right. we yeah. discussed that about Snoke. There was a lot of things in Snoke that could very much be prophecy after the fact. Right. Take 
taking advantage of things happening. The whole um, Kylo and Ray relationship and being able to get in touch to the Force. And then um, Snoke's like, oh, well, I caused that to happen. Right. Things like that. Um, this could be a very similar thing. But um, what's the chances, if you're on the same thing here, that um, that maybe, like Anakin, was created through avergence in the Force? What's the chances that Ray was caused through avergence in the Force, except that she had um, her mother was uh, married or had a boyfriend or whatever, and they, he just assumed it was his child. So in other words, you're you know saying I mean? that the non-George Lucas created Jesus story. Yeah. But with a gender twist. So basically it would be she was um, created by the Metachlorians again also, but no one noticed because there is a mother and a father. And then that would basically make her, as we've discussed before, possibly the possibility of her being the chosen one for this generation. Let me tell you right here about them Metachlorians. They make good barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, I, I like my theory on that better. I mean, I'm not the one that came up with the theory, but... Uh, number I, really, nine. I like that better, but both theories I don't put any weight in, really. Number nine, Ray briefly pondered killing Kylo in The Last Jedi. Well, duh, she pondered. Yeah. She was trying to kill him in The Force Awakens. Come on. Like duh. I said, I don't know if she could actually pull the trigger, though. You can consider know. it. You can think of a lot of things, but actually doing the act is a totally different thing. Yeah. Uh, eight. The title of episode nine will relate to Kylo and Ray. That's an easy one to say. That's that's a fan theory, really. Yes. <laughs> that's uh, like saying um, episode six, the third of the original trilogy, would have something to do with Luke becoming a Jedi. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven, Kylo was playing both Snoke and Ray in the throne room. Well, duh. That's already proven. Yeah, that's on screen. Especially when he went all Bruce Lee and shirtless. <laughs> that had know. nothing had, to do with the throne room. Well, yeah, it did. Who was he trying to entice? Ray or Snoke? Maybe both. What? Ooh, la, la. <laughs> it, hey, it, no, no, no. if Snoke was listening in on the conversations, maybe it was both. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah. It's, it's the new fan theory. Yeah, maybe Snoke was being eavesdropping. He was seeing everything also, and Kylo knew this. Um, now, the the write-up on this one is, while watching the film, I was personally shocked to find out that Snoke was behind the merging of Kylo and Ray's minds. Ray and Kylo both knew that the other had nothing to do with it. I believe Kylo figures out pretty quickly that it was Snoke and that he will have to kill Ray. It's okay. I think that's about as far as we go with this one. Yeah. Everyone, Snoke was playing both. Kylo's playing both. It's the way of the dark side. Yeah, that's a dark side thing. Uh, Ray has already seen Kylo Ren's violent future. Well, okay. But, you know, the attack on the Jedi Temple, though, was that the future or was that the past? No, I think that's when the night, then Kylo and the Knights of Ren destroyed the temple is what she saw. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't, I which is the past, not the, not the future. Yeah. So, um, huh. But well, could we see the Knights of Ren? Theory. But they're they're Go trying ahead. to say too that the Knights of Ren could potentially become the replacements for the Imperial Guard. That's if they're still around. Yeah. So well, they're saying I think that the Knights of Ren were um, the other half of the Jedi Order that followed Kylan. Or yeah, Kylan. Sorry, Kylo. Because Luke said he took the, some of the best students with him when he when he destroyed the temple and left. Right. I think yeah. those were the Knights of Ren. And they took his last name, and they were basically the followers of of Kylo Ren. Yeah, sort of like the Knights of Arthur. Mm -hmm. Or when he came up, the name Kylo Ren, maybe it was more, he'd see some words of a title, where Kylo is the head of the Knights of Ren. Right. And maybe it's an ancient order that they've resurrected somehow, or whatever. Right. 
Something so, that was in one of the old Jedi texts or something. So what were you going to say, Derek? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Um, okay. Number five. Ray will build a new Jedi Order to take on the Knights of Rin. Uh, potentially. But I think that I don't think there's going to be enough time for that to happen. No. Well, we're going to get a time jump, but not enough for her to be a full-on Jedi. And, no. But also, everything that they showed in The Last Jedi, it appears that the galaxy is moving past Jedi and Sith. And um, light right. side, yeah. I mean, she is firmly in the light side. But I don't think she's going to be Jedi. Or she's not going to acknowledge herself as a Jedi. See, this is where... And I think it got set up brilliantly at the end of Rebels. I would love to see Ahsoka show up and go. Or Jason. You got to think at this point, Jason is old, would be older than um, older than uh, Ray yeah. and Kylo. Yeah. If Kylo looks like he's in his, what, mid to late 20s, then Jason's probably 33, 35. Possibly. What's the chances that he actually did train under Luke? This is true. And is out in the galaxy somewhere. I he mean, may have been one of Luke's first students. It's that's we're we're not denying that Hera would have known of Luke at this point. Well, she fought in the <laughs> Battle of Endor, so she knew Luke. She knew she Luke. Kind of have to. She knew well, Luke. She knew Leia. She knew Han. I don't know if she knew them or just knew of them. But well, yeah, but if he's off creating the new Jedi Order, well, one would she send Jason there? Or is this something that, since Ahsoka's been around, what has Ahsoka possibly been teaching them? Yeah. Or, at this point, maybe Ahsoka and Sabine found uh, Ezra That's and brought right. him back. So, could we potentially see Ezra in this film? In, or Ahsoka? Considering Ahsoka's not a Jedi and could steer Raid that way of, you could use the Force and use it for your will without having to be a Jedi. Yeah. Which would explain the last Jedi with Lloyd going away that raise a force user and will be and will be a very powerful one but she will not become a Jedi mm-hmm. well that is something I've thought of for years and years and years that um, later on I found out wasn't actually in there but um, I ever since the book started way back in the early 90s I, I the idea was in my head I don't know any where the idea came from but um, where Luke um, where Obi-Wan says that Luke is their la- last hope Yoda says I, there is another but I've always thought it, they looked at it also is Luke is not was not the last of the Jedi. He's the first of a new type of Jedi, which I think really you could move that to Ray and said Luke was the last of the old Jedi. Yeah. Ray becomes the first of the new type of force user, whether you want to call it Jedi or whatever. But right. she's not she is not has nothing to do with the original Jedi order or what it became. Because remember she does have the Jedi textbooks. So she right. does know but, she will but, um, be able to see what the original idea of the Jedi order was. Well we don't know how much those texts cover either yeah so so it could not they could have just the basic um tenets of the jedi but not get into all the politics and all the other stuff of that the jedi became before they were wiped out that's what i'm assuming it's going to be really it's not going to have any of the doctrines and the dogma that have been added to the jedi through thousands of years right it'll have basically this is the force this is how you use it stay away from this right yeah I I personally I sincerely doubt we'll see any of the rebels characters in the movies, but we'll see. I think we will not see any of them in episode nine. We may see them in some of the standalones of the. Uh, well, sure, yeah, movies. that. Yeah, I'm, I yeah, I meant like I meant well, the main story. Technically, we have technically. Yeah. Well, Chopper's been on in the, on screen. Well, I mean, as I mean, as Rex serious too. main characters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, actually, if but I I'm remember right, as Dave, affecting the yeah. story. Well, Dave Filoni was on on the set of Last Jedi, right? Working with Ryan Johnson, some learning some of that. What's the chance so. that Ryan Johnson's trilogy might be expanding the the? Because he said they're new characters. But for anybody who doesn't watch the cartoons, all the Rebels characters are new. Yeah. Mm. Maybe this new trilogy that's off in a different part of the galaxy is going to be the Sabine and um, Ahsoka and Ezra and Thrawn and all of those guys. Right. We get a trilogy of movies out of that. Right. Well, okay. But I think I think that's what the new animated series is going to be, though. Oh, I think so, too. But... Um, number four, Ray and Kylo will truly balance the Force together. Um, can we just say, duh? It I won't mean, be forever, though, because I don't think the Force wants to be in balance. Well, no. I, it doesn't say forever. Together. Yeah. Of course they will. You, you, you almost have to. I disagree with you, Ken. I think the Force does want to be in balance. It's just a question of what that balance is. Yeah. And I don't think... I don't think the Jedi and the Sith are the balance, which is why I think that maybe that's why we're going to start seeing, like, Rey and Kylo move away from the Jedi-Sith structure. Yeah. Right. Well, this theory here, the way they actually said the explanation for it is that Kylo and Rey together as an alliance are going to balance the Force. Now, they could balance the Force by fighting back each other. and Because um, if you go back to George Lucas, George Lucas, his, th- his idea of the Force and balance is that the Jedi are on top. And they win. The light side's on top. Right. Which doesn't sound like balance to me, but. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I always looked at it. It was just, it was in balance when there was like um, Luke and Yoda and um, Vader and the Emperor. Two and two, you're good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, Kylo lied about Ray's parents. We Uh, all know that. (laughs) Well, before we get to that, look at that picture. Tell me that little girl doesn't have pipe cleaners for arms. (laughs) True. Look at that. That doesn't look natural. I know. True. Sorry, but go ahead. <laughs> um, of course, in the Force Awakens flashback scene, we see a sheep, a sheep, a ship leaving Ray on Jakku. She's crying and I screaming. Miss, I miss when, that sheep. Uh, sorry. It, it was a very, that sheep was a very bad ship. Oh. oh. All right. Dad what time joke. is it? I think it's time for bed. Dad joke oh. of the night. Why did R2 <laughs> eat alone? Why did R2 have dinner alone? Because BB-8. Oh. But um, be night. here. That's a show. Oh. Be here till next week. Um, in the Last Jedi, threatening us. <laughs> yeah. In the Last Jedi, Kylo tells Ray, "You're nobody. Your parents are nobody. They were filthy junk traders. Sold you off for drinking money. They're dead in a whatever grave on Jakku." Uh, well, real nice, Kylo. If the parents are really to die on Jakku and be buried in a desert grave, the parents must have stayed on Jakku. Yet we see a ship leaving Ray and leave Jakku. Oh, did we actually see it leave Jakku? No. Who's to say it didn't go up into a higher orbit and go to the other side of the planet? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to justify this comment, but could. Uh, but I agree. It looked like the ship left. Yeah. Um, plus, can junk traders afford such a good-looking spaceship? Also, if you Google ship from Ray's flashback, it surely doesn't look like a ship that's designed to carry junk. It looks like a small ship, a lot smaller than the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. So, now, I haven't done this, but I'm tempted to do this. As I'm setting up the next fan theory, uh, number two, the connection between Kylo and Ray cannot be severed. Uh, I, I think... I don't know. I think so. 
Look, okay. I don't know about being severed, but that, that doesn't mean they um they both have to accept it. You know? Yeah. If it was to be severed officially, it would be from one end or the other. It all depends on how um, how deep the connection actually goes. Yeah. Which we don't really know at this point. Well, actually, I got it right now. Um, the connection between Kylo and Rey is very similar to a more a more evolved or a stronger um, version of what Luke and Leia have at the end of uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back. Part of that was Leia didn't have any knowledge of her force ability at all. In right. this one, mm-hmm. Rey and Kylo are both training or training or trained. So the, something like this would be stronger between the two of them. But we do find out that Luke did sever his connection to the Force and everybody else. So Leia and Luke didn't have that connection anymore. So that right. proves that this their connection can be severed. It's just uh, probably needs to be severed by one of them. Right. If it, I mean, if it tracks that it's basically the same ability as what you see with Luke and Leia. Or um, or even go to Rebels with um, Ezra and Yoda. Right. Mm. There's been throughout the time, uh, we get um, in episode three, you see um, Yoda communing with Kai- Qui-Gon is very similar. Even though Qui-Gon's dead it's a similar type thing yeah so it's like we've seen it multiple times that you can um communicate across the force right and then we see in like i said in episode eight you can see that luke has severed that connection Leia can't find him she can't talk to him and he has no idea what's going on in the galaxy so he's not be able to see through the force either when he's shut down so yes you could definitely sever the connection right, right. exactly yeah well, the the number one fan theory is Kylo and Ren. Kylo and Ray are equal. That they're perfectly equal in every way. Sounds like a Mary Poppins theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I still don't agree with this. Ray is is raw, untouched. Mm-hmm. Kylo, is, of course, has been trained. So um, by two different people, right? So I think there's you know the self. <laughs> The the self uh, is my brain going off there. Uh, the, the the being self taught doesn't make her necessarily equal as a, as opposed to what Kylo has done. Even though he quote unquote hasn't completed his training either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering because hers was a totally natural ability. She didn't train any of it, but was still able to go toe to toe with him for a for a decent amount of time. Yeah. He eventually got the upper hand, but she was fighting it pretty good for a little while. I'm wondering if she is not potentially much stronger than he is. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, but like you said, as of right now, they look to be somewhat equal. But if she would fully train up, she would be much more powerful than him, possibly. And she did a pretty decent job holding her own and. In- in the throne room against the guards. It's true. And her instinctive things like uh, being able to call lightsaber to her hand. All the things you see in The Force Awakens that is like, wait a minute, how is she doing this stuff and she's never been taught? Well, look at... Look it's at running what, on instinct. Look at, what right. she, yeah. look at what she did, though, in Force Awakens with calling the saber and, of course, yeah. the, getting the guard to, to let her go. And mm-hmm. so... I mean, like I said, that raw, untouched talent. I think she may end up being stronger than Kylo because, well, I think she's stronger than Kylo. Kylo will allow himself to be because I think he is basically stunted by his own choices. Right. Mm. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. So he won't allow himself to reach his full potential because he's already chosen this is the path I need to be on. So no matter what the right. force is leading, he's choosing I want this way. Right. Right. I, I agree with that. So, well, that's the fan theories. Uh, quite a bit of discussion there. I mean, I yeah, definitely as we're so, here, we are looking at bringing in more discussion. 
It was a great piece for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's move on because there's something else that's kind of cool that's going to lead to a bit more discussion. That would, that would be that Hasbro Lab thing. Oh, yeah. And I actually brought up the article <laughs> from HasLab itself. But um, if you go to StarWars.com, now we mentioned a couple weeks ago at New York Toy Fair, HasLab put out the, um, had their, their um, vintage collection uh, Katana playset, which is Jabba's sail barge. Four foot long. Um, and they said if they reach 5,000 backers by April 3rd, they'll actually put this in production. And uh, they actually ha- now have picture the official painted pictures up and these are beautiful uh, especially when you get inside and look at um up close at some of these rooms that they have inside now yeah they even have jabba on the dais right now i mean it looks almost like it was a prop in the movie the miniature prop yeah. Yeah. in the movie the, uh the rooms inside and the cockpit are just beautiful the way they've done this yeah now um something they've added recently is i have actually the haslab article uh, or the haslab if you go to HasBlab.com, the only thing on it is this job of sale barge right now on uh, March 24th. So we got a little over a week left. They have reached 3,471 backers of 5,000 that they need 11 days uh-huh. ago. So I'm not sure if they're going to make this. And it, I don't know if that, that goal may have been a high anyway, because this is a four or $500 toy, basically. Yeah. So if, it, yeah. if um, we had the money, we would have done it. We don't have oh, money. Yeah. I don't have well, the space. Something they added recently, just in case anybody's not sure if they want to do this or not. Uh, it says, what comes with this when you back it? You get the vintage collection Jabba Sail Barge, a katana, uh, complete with exquisitely detailed and fan-assembled interior-exterior decks, um, two soft cloth fabric sails, and other realistic features that mimic one of the most notorious vehicles in the Star Wars universe. You right. also get Jabba Sail Barge, the katana behind the workbench, a premium 64 page booklet that goes behind the scenes of the design and development of the actual sail barge film set piece and the Hasbro toy complete with set photos production or product blueprints interviews and more you get uh, a, the job of the hut three um, three and three quarters inch scale figure uh, the classic vintage collection packaging with special limited edition Haslab seal of authenticity you get a dedicated ongoing stream of behind the scenes development details keeping you informed as the vintage collection Java sail barge uh, makes its way from a dream at Hasbro to a reality in your hands, um, subject to reaching the minimum backer goal. And something they've just added recently, you get a three and three quarters inch yak face figure from the vintage collection in the premium power of the force card back packaging with the collector's coin from the old power of the force line. They've just added that recently to this. So like I said, if like you said, Mike, if I had the cash, this would be mine. Oh yeah. But if you go to HasLab or HasbroLab.com is where, and the, this is the only thing up on there. It's like, if you have the cash, buy this thing. <laughs> if we need another, what, uh, 1,300 more backers, approximately? Something like that, yeah. Or actually, no, almost 1,500. So back this if you can, because I want to just see this out in the wild. I know, right? Yeah. Like I said, everything about this thing is beautiful. All the Oh, they have a, let me make sure my sound is turned off. They have a video on the HasLab website about it. I'm going to turn it down on my ears. I'm trying to find, find it. There was a, um, a video on YouTube that is a behind this. Ah, here we go. This may be the one I'm seeing because it's the, um, it's basically a, 
um, time lapse of them assembling and painting the sail barge. Now, I'm going to throw this in, in y'all's Skype. This video is awesome. It's Oh, okay. It's the filming of the sand barge scene. Yeah. And and it's it's brilliant. I mean, it is a great great little video. Oh yeah. And you would think, Look okay, the backside you're going to see you you're going to you're going to see the interior. Well, you do kind of see the backside. And I think if they use partially this video, well, no, they couldn't because everything's all X-framed on the interior. Because I think I think the actual interior scenes were, were shot on a... Yeah, those were on a soundstage. Soundstage, yeah. Some of the exteriors may have been on here, but I think some of those may have been done either on a soundstage or somewhere else also. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's... You got to love some of these old <clears throat> documentary footage and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I love watching that. Thankfully, I'm very thankful for a YouTube downloader so I could rip some of these from my personal. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, let's let's move on to another collectible story, which is this also ended up being a pretty cool story as well when I was reading. Yeah, it. I want this too. Yeah, this is some neat stuff. <laughs> In fact, it's neat stuff collectibles, uh, and they are doing a having a rare Star Wars collectible option auction, which is one of the largest ever in partnership with eBay. Uh, some of the things you can find are autographed pre-production props, unreleased Star Wars action figures, and never-before-seen memorabilia. Uh, the auction is going through available through early April of 2018 this year. Uh, if you go to the Neat Stuff Collectibles page on eBay, you can find a full list of all their items. <clears throat> I'm going now. Oh, I went there. There's some <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Uh, and according to Sam Bright, Senior Director of Arts and Collectibles at eBay, uh, we are excited to give lifelong Star Wars fans and new collectors alike rare accessories, rare access, excuse me, to historical items from one of the most iconic and important franchises of our time. The sale and incredible discovery by Neat Stuff Collectibles is an exciting opportunity for Star Wars fans of all ages to join eBay's 170 million active buyers to own a unique piece of the Star Wars universe and its ongoing legacy. Now, the entire listing, uh, they are valuing it at well over $100,000. And it has all kinds of rare collectibles from art proofs, prop prototypes, rare prop replicas, and action figures. Over 40 signatures from the original cast. And uh, some of the specific items that might interest some people. Uh, they have a Master Replicas Millennium Falcon Studio Scale yeah. signature, signature Edition number 323 of 500, which is currently going for $8,500. Yeah, so if you, thought, if you thought that sale barge was too much... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just Another, a... <laughs> just a wee bit. Another cool item they have is a uh, Star Wars Stormtrooper blaster from A New Hope, uh, prop master replica, uh, item two twenty nine sixteen out of thirty five hundred pieces. That's currently going for two thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and that's really cool. Comes with uh, some good packaging, some uh, a little uh, pamphlet that talks about it and stuff. It's really cool. Really good looking blaster. Yeah. Uh, a 
One of my favorites is the Star Wars Luke Skywalker reveal lightsaber Return of the Jedi EFX prop replica. And that also comes with display case and all kinds of uh, little info about it and stuff, which is cool. And that is going for $2,999.99. But yeah, there's more. But yet there's more. Well, this thing is this is only a small sampling of the huge amount yeah. of items they have. Uh, Ray's iconic quarter staff, one 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 prop shop, ultimate studio Star Wars replica. That's currently going for thirteen seventy five. That's one thousand three hundred seventy five. And one item that is really kind of neat is a uh, Star Wars Yavin Hanger Rebel Technician set unreleased prototype unpainted and that's an action figure of uh the uh rebel technician in uh at yavin 4 and he comes with a ladder that can go attached to an x-wing and a couple other items it's a unpainted prototype which is why he's currently wearing blue underwear but uh <laughs> That one's going for nine hundred and thirty-five dollars. So uh, there's some there's some more affordable stuff there. there well, <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. one's kind of cool. They have a co- they have a couple of cool prototypes and uh, some other cool stuff. A couple of Lego sets. Um, they actually have a job as a four foot job as sail barge. Yeah, that uh, it was uh, a model kit, isn't it? Yep. Uh, and, yeah, I think so. But it has the original Jabba figure with Salacious Crumb and Leia also in it. Right. I don't know if those actually come with it or they're just for. It picture. says in the listing. Yeah, it says it comes with Slave Leia, the original vintage Jabba the Hutt with oh, Salacious Crumb. Awesome. Yeah, so and that's pretty cool. There's and that's the only one produced of that item. Yeah. They were going to originally make ten of them, and that's currently going for two thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, but that's a one of a kind. Um, yeah, some of their stuff I question. Yeah, you know, their pricing, especially since you know you can get a lot of this cheaper. Yeah, some of it. Yeah, but some of it, some of it's real cool. Yeah, it is. I think a lot of it. Well, they said this is auction, so um, yeah. I think this is where it's at right now. Yeah, these are not buy it now prices. I don't think. No. Nope. Yeah. No, you place your bid at. Yeah. 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 Well, since we're. We're getting close to time, probably. Oh, they have an IG-88 in package. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's only 280. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a loose one even further down that's under 20 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, let's pose this out here. Do we go with another decent discussion piece of is, are we getting overwhelmed with Star Wars? Or do we go, John Boyega promises Star Wars Episode Nine will be an all-out war? Or the best scene in The Last Jedi? It's up to you guys. This is well, I just, hmm? just throwing it out there because this is probably going to be our last story of the night. Yeah. I can Why tell you right now. Hmm? I can tell you right now my answer to the too much Star Wars question is no. <laughs> we do not have too much. Well, tell you what, let's go ahead and go that direction. I saw this pop up on Twitter uh, in my Mighty Marvel Geeks feed. Someone was questioning, is there too much Star Wars? Are we being overwhelmed? Well, I threw the reply back. 
are we over is there are we overwhelmed with too much marvel because right now there's more marvel movies than there are star wars films and there's a lot more to come yeah i mean are we well, there over, are some people who oh go ahead are we overwhelmed in general with superhero films some people would say yes i would say yeah no. that, there are some people who are um are feeling fatigue on superheroes obviously not us but well i i believe on the marvel side people aren't i think where i hate to say this ken but i mean it's almost the reality the dc films is what's putting that bad taste in people's mouths it's it's just they're well, not i mean that's that's the thing with the superhero films. If you get um, if they're you know you get bad films, then yeah, you're gonna get sick of them. But then when you come out with something like Black Panther and it, it yeah. you know it turns everything around. Deadpool. And what I keep yeah, saying yeah, about Deadpool, um, Logan, the problem with the DC movies is not the DC characters or that the movies are a bad idea. It's that Warner Brothers themselves won't allow the filmmakers to make an actual good movie. Right. Yeah. They're putting too many dic- management um, decisions or too many decisions coming from the executive's table and not from the writer's desk of the guy writing the movie. Totally. Yeah. Justice League would have benefited for with another 20 minutes of footage or so to flesh it out a little bit better. But yeah. Warner Brothers said straight up, you have two hours, not a minute more. Right. So, but that's not Star Wars. <laughs> um, I think, as I said earlier, I think it's not um, that there's too much Star Wars. I think um, it was a mistake not moving Han Solo. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think, think Han Solo's coming to the too- um, Last Jedi, but. On on the other hand, with that, yes, uh, I, I agree. Han Solo, I think it's too early. Not that that's going to affect my enjoyment of it, but on yeah. the other hand, between um, Han Solo, between the Solo movie and Episode Nine, now is going to be such a big gap that you won't. That feeling is going to completely go away. But, I don't know about that though. Oh, go ahead, Mike. But, you know, I kind of. Like- me personally, I kind of like the idea. Episodic films in December, a Star Wars story films in May. And now that episode nine is going to be coming out next year, what do we do with afterwards? Okay, if it's a new trilogy, keep any potential trilogy in December and any standalone was going May. You could do that, but then then this will happen every time. Well, you'll have a, uh, a, one of the trilogy films, and then right away in May you'll have a, uh, another film, one of the standalones, and then you have to wait another year and a half for the next trilogy one. Right. Which And also, uh, remember the problems uh, we had that it felt like all the Han Solo stuff came out all at once and really in a rush because they wanted to wait till they were, um, obviously at this point looking back at it, they were waiting for The Force Awakens to finish the theaters before they put anything out for Han Solo. Right. So if they have, they're going to end up with that same problem every time, then these new, the other movies they put in May ends up with a three month marketing run and that's it. Yeah. So my thought Which is, is a nightmare for marketing people. Yeah. Right. So my thought is either pick one, either go with December or go with May and just keep going one, you know, every year at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I, I like December. Um, I mean, of course, you know, May, you know, 
makes sense for the history of the franchise. But I like that they I like that they've been doing them in December. Yeah. Well, also having um, Star Wars films this close together uh, gets to and um, you guys will know this from just comic book movies in general. It seems like you watch your comic book movie, then you come out of the theater. Okay, what's next? Because you know, uh, six weeks down the road, you got the next one, or right, three right. months down the road, you got the next one. You're automatically you come out of the theater with before you get a chance to digest what you just saw. You're already looking forward. Like you come out of the Black Panther, you digest it for half a minute. Then it's like, oh wait, Avengers is coming out. Where's all the trailers and stuff? Then that right. one finishes off. Okay, where's the next one? Whereas right, yeah. if you go a little longer between them, you have time to ponder and figure out what it was you just saw and enjoy the this movie before you move to the next one. I think that's um, something George Lucas did correctly with the with the prequel trilogy. By putting right, two yeah. three years between each movie, you had time. You knew he was making another one, but you had time to digest and watch that movie over and over again. I think that may also be why some of the people um, – some of the um, original trilogy fans and things had problems with it because most of those movies, I, I've not heard anybody that as soon as they walked out of the theater for the first time they saw it, had major problems. Mm, yeah, We saw we walked out of those movies thinking those were fantastic, but then after re-watching and re-watching and re-watching then it, right. until they, you start to dissect it. Well, um, that, so it's like you can go either way. If you have too long between them, you may have that pro- this problem that people re-watch it so many times that they can tell you anytime someone like uh, dropped a pencil on set but if you get them too close together you end up with people not paying attention to what you did at all and possibly right. not even remembering what happened because they're moving ahead to the next one so it's like a double-edged sword you got to find where is that balance at is it one a year is it one every two years right is it one every six months i think right now marvel and some of the other ones are trying to figure that out also what is the perfect time to put out these movies and things right well marvel's putting out almost three a year at least two yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. Yeah, they're they're doing one in you know in the first quarter, or in Disney's case, second quarter, because mm-hmm. the Disney quarters start in October, or the fiscal year starts in October for Disney. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they're putting it out in our second in the Disney second quarter. Then we're hitting third quarter for for the Did next get- film, which is the beginning of the summer, and then you're throwing one out in the middle of summer. When's the what's the third one that's coming this year for Marvel? Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one right. in the first quarter next year too. It's not Disney; it's um, Sony. But you have that new Spider-Man movie coming, Ven- which I've seen mm-hmm. the trailer for. That looks kind of cool. That's in November. Uh, not well, Venom. I'm talking the new yeah. actual animated Spider-Man movie. Oh, uh, Miles oh, Morales yeah. movie, Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. But you, yeah, like you said, you have Venom also. That's the other thing too with the Marvel movies is um, every time you got the regular MCU movies, and then you have the Fox stuff and the Sony stuff and the, everybody just lumps that all together when they talk about yeah, it's them. all Marvel so really you it's have all two Marvel movies coming in May right but it's, it's all May now, but. April May yeah yeah April yeah that's right um but technically so it is they're technically two Marvel movies but they're not technically the same because they're not tied together you know what i mean right well they both run the marvel studios banner they do yes but they're not the deal they have worked out with fox but right but they're not they're not like they're not both part of the mcu so it's funny it's funny how that works out but i think lucasfilm is watching marvel since they're sister companies here and seeing okay how is this working for them 
Right. Yeah. What is, like I said, we're trying to find the balance. What is, what is too close together? What is not? Also, uh, you can see, um, I think that's why the second half of Star Wars Rebels got shoved into four weeks for, nine, for what was that, seven or eight episodes? Mm, yeah. They had double uh, double weeks and stuff. To, or no, it was three weeks that knocked it out. Get it done. And for seven episodes, we did it in three weeks because I think they wanted to get that done and over with before everybody got ready for Solo. Right. And then, but then the other thing is... Um, I hate when when they they when they try to copy what others are doing. Yeah. Like they're like, which is that's where the executives come in and kind of mess things up. They're like, oh, well, let's see what Marvel's doing, and we we'll try to do what they're doing. Well, don't you know? Yeah. Don't you're not Marvel, so don't do that. Figure that's out back to DC. Yeah, DC and what Warner Brothers is trying to do with them. Right. right. Exactly. You know, don't try to be Marvel. Just try to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to be Marvel, do it the way Marvel did it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. They're wanting to be what Marvel is now. Yeah, not don't where take they a shortcut. Start. Right. So I don't know. I don't think we're at the point where it's too much Star Wars yet. No, I don't think so either. We'll see once this new app comes out next year and we see how much new content is on there and how often. Right. Mm. Well, hopefully they'll follow the they'll follow the trend of um, what Marvel's done with Netflix. Which should make things a little easier on the streaming app. Yeah. Now, are they? You think they're going to actually on the streaming app? You think they'll um, drop them in as a whole series all at once, or are they going to go weekly with it? That's a good question. See, because I, streaming apps do both, depending on what what platform it is. Right. I, for some reason, I think the live action series is going to be weekly, maybe one or two a week. But I, th- I think like the any new animated will go drop all at once okay personally i don't like when they drop them all at once because it's like for me it kind of takes away some of the fun of it of like you know discussing it with your friends and because you know like some people sometimes some guys would be like some of your friends would be like oh i watched the whole thing already and then you're like well i don't have time to watch the whole thing yeah so yeah and then by the time you do watch the whole thing they're like they've moved on to other things and they've forgotten all about it Exactly what I was saying about having the um, comic book movies so close together. Right, yeah. It's the same principle, just in a series format instead of a movie. Right. Yeah. I want to say last year, there there was almost a comic book movie coming out every month. Yeah. Almost two. Yeah. um, We deal with this over at Geek Watch 1 because, like, when the Marvel series is dropped, that weekend we'll actually talk the whole series. So we have to actually make time to watch, force to watch the whole thing before Sunday. Right. So we can talk it out. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't think we're at too much Star Wars yet. We've not reached critical mass yet. And if um, Lucasfilm is smart, they'll um, structure it out so we don't get to that point. Right. Right. And the one thing they have done that's smart, I think, unlike some of the other ones, is they've not announced 15 more movies. Right. Yeah. True. They've only announced we have a trilogy and we have actually that's the only other movies we have officially right now other than episode nine, isn't it? Because uh, the guys that did Game of Thrones, they're not writing a movie. They're writing a TV. They're writing for a TV series, weren't they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that going to be the same one that Favreau's been hired to do, or is that a separate one? Actually, no. I thought I thought the Game of Thrones guys we we talked about they doing they're doing they're doing a movie. And, okay. Or they're Wait, supposed to be doing a set of movies. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, I don't think it so was there's a series of movies for them though. Uh, I don't remember. Off the I, I'm head. not sure, but mm-hmm. I will say this: we do have the Ryan Johnson trilogy coming. Yeah. We still 
since they have said in the timeline that this current phase of Star Wars is going through 2020, there is one more standalone yet to happen. Yeah, they're supposed to be, but they've not announced right. anything before. Maybe these guys are writing the other standalone movie. Mm, possibly. We officially have five movies on the docket. We know one of them is a saga film. It's episode nine. The rest of them, we know the three of them are together. They have no um, brand new characters and such for Ryan Johnson. And these guys, we have no idea what they're writing. Right. Uh, okay, so here, this is from Screen Rant. Star Wars, Game of Thrones writers, and Ryan Johnson movies are separate. Okay. Uh, so they are writing a movie. Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are creating a new series of Star Wars films that will remain separate from Ryan Johnson's upcoming standalone trilogy. So okay. we're talking the Game of Thrones creators, at least two films that they're saying series. Yeah. And Johnson's trilogy. So there's three, or there's five, minimum five. There, they're gonna write um, three more Ewok adventure movies. <laughs> <laughs> we are no, no, no. They're gonna write the Ewok, one more Ewok adventure movie, one of um, that takes place in Ottawa Gunga, and <laughs> oh, gee, and one that is a nature documentary about porgs on Octu. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter would love that one. Make everybody yeah. happy. Well. <laughs> Don't forget the Jackson solo film. Yeah. Now that I mentioned that about the Porgs, I want to see a Blue Planet style documentary about the island on Octu. You would. That would tell me that wouldn't be awesome—a mockumentary about Porgs. Fantastic. Sort of like what they did with R two D two for the web. Yeah. For the website, like under the dome. Beneath the dome. Beneath the dome. I want. I can uh, see that as uh, like a a, a DVD feature. Yeah, like a segment on the DVD. Yeah. Make it a web series on the site. Make it a web yeah, series on the too. site and then release it on a on an upcoming DVD. Or even or, or release it as work. its own DVD. Do it either half hour or one hour episodes like Blue Planet and do a whole series about the Star Wars universe. You can mm. do Porgs. You can do uh, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. It has nothing to do with characters. It's all creatures. Right. Yeah. I like that. You can get five years in there. You can do um, Banthas. You can do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's actually, I do kind of like that idea. It's kind of a neat idea. Rancors. There's one of our new series is for the um, for the new streaming app, the Yellow Planet. <laughs> they, they could do it that way too. Instead of just certain um, animals, you do planets. Have one that's just about Tatooine and all the different creatures, things that live on Tatooine. Yeah. Or a series of series. So the first season, maybe five episodes just about Tatooine. About because you got Blue Planet. What's the other one that they do on BBC? Um, BBC Earth or something like that, where it talks about more. The actual yeah. um, geology and stuff. Oh, yeah, so yeah. You, you combine the two together. So you have the um, the stuff about the animals or creatures on the world and then the one about the world itself. They right. do it like a five, five episodes for each season. So you'll do Tatooine for one season. Hoth could be another season. Imagine a documentary, a mockumentary about wampas <laughs> or, Womp- or tauntauns. I, no, I thought, totally watch that. And I thought they smelt bad on the outside. That's right. Now we know for why. Crazy idea. This actually is turning out to be something that could be really, really fun. You heard it here first. Wookie Radio. <laughs> Weekend of March 24th, 2018. There. We have our we basis culture, covered. We can find the culture of the curators on Octu or whatever they're called, the Guardians. <laughs> Yeah. What's going on when Ray's not trying to squish him with boulders? 
So, well, on this note, final thoughts. No porgs were harmed in making this episode. But they are, yeah. what's, for, but they are what's for dinner. <laughs> That's what I said. Yet, yeah, I'm going to go down and eat my porg after I get done with this. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, Derek? I got nothing. <laughs> well, on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.